I've never given a French kiss before. Watch, it's easy. You just open your mouth. And I open mine. We wiggle our tongues together. And it feels real sexy. I won't get mononucleosis, will I? May 1988, the U.S. Surgeon General reports that nicotine is as addictive as heroin. Mike Tyson crashes his Bentley on Varick Street in New York City. The U.S. Supreme Court rules trash may be searched without a warrant. And amateur referees work a playoff game in New Jersey due to a dispute with the devil. But you don't care about... Wait a minute. A dispute with the devils. <laughs> devils. So different. But Very you don't different. care about all that because your mind is on your mom, who's been acting weird lately. She's been coming home late and is being really cagey about why. Seriously, what's up with Barbara? You thought you knew her, but this month is making you question everything you knew about her. Well, let's see what the May issue says about you and your mom. Yes, it's time to... Listen to Sassy! Sassy. Oh no! You want to try that again, but talk normal? No! (laughs) Pam's really upset about the turn that uh, our (laughs) sassy reader's life has taken. God, I barely survived Dennis, and now I've got (laughs) shit going on with my mom. Where has she been? Hey, guys. Uh, what's going on in our teen lives? It was a big month for David T. Cole. Yeah, May 88, I turned 16, which means I am now legally driving around. Mm-hmm. Holy terror on the streets. Actually, I was a really good driver. Yeah. There was two driving schools in my town. There was Young Drivers of Canada, which sure. was the good driving school. <laughs> and then yes. there was the budget driving school called Glemby, which was like oh, one yeah. guy smoking a cigarette. He's like, yeah, just turn, whatever. I don't care. One of them's a gas. <laughs> one of them's a break. You figure it out, kid. <laughs> it was like that. And like everybody I knew who learned at Glemby was the shittiest driver. Like there mm-hmm. was something very wrong about what was going on at Glemby driving school back uh, back home. Oh, boy, I should check it. Glemby. Driving school still with us. <laughs> um, not, so uh, this was a month of freedom for me. I had uh, a car that was a kind of a hand-me-down. It was a Mazda GLC, which they do not make anymore. Mm-hmm. It was lemon yellow. Oh, wow. It was one of those cars where it's like, you just happen to glance in the parking lot, you know, exactly where your car is instantly because <laughs> it's the brightest thing going. Mm-hmm. But and it was a real shitbox. It was like the floor was rusting out. Half the things inside the car didn't work, like the radio didn't work and uh, the glove compartment was sticky. But you don't care because you now can leave the house when you want to and go places and drive mm-hmm. your friends places and go to lunch at school outside of school grounds. So all that was fantastic. Um I never understood people who were scared to get their driver's license because it is like one of the most important things you can do yeah. to establish yourself in the world. Driver's license. Don't be scared. Do it for all you 14-year-olds listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look forward to telling my story of getting my driver's license in August of 1992. Much, 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 much later. I was almost 18. It was... Uh, after I had taken my driver's test once before and failed. Whoops. That was not happening for me in May of 1988 because I was 
not yet 14. I was 13. But what happened to me was I got cast in a play. My school, hey. not so much with the drama. Um, I mean, theatrics. But for whatever reason, they decided to do a grade eight play. And they did the ver- a version of Alice in Wonderland that was based on the animated Disney movie. And even though I was deeply unpopular, I tried out. <laughs> I wanted to play the White Rabbit. Because it was actually a more fun part than Alice, who doesn't get to do much in that version of the play, except stand around and be amazed by stuff. I did not get the part of the White Rabbit. I did get cast as the Cheshire Cat. Mm. Also a good part. I got a Mm -hmm. union suit, which my mother dyed pink in the washing machine. And then uh, we painted fuchsia stripes on it. And then I just made a smile out of pink cardboard. And I like held it up in front of my face when I wasn't talking or singing. And I did purple mousse in my hair, which uh, (laughs) with like cardboard ears. And I was never good at acting. This was a hallmark of my attempts at high school theatrics as well. But I would get cast because I could sing. And in this case, I had a solo, which was a peppy, like, uh, Al Jolson-inflected version of Twas Brillig. <laughs> not not offensive, just, you know, jazzy, like, ragtimey. And it went I so see. well that I, I got a standing ovation. I will brag about that because it was 1988. And if this production had happened in the first half of the school year, it really might have changed everything for me at that snake pit. But I will just show <laughs> for the Zoom. <gasps> this was me as the Cheshire Cat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Little me with my whiskers. Are you going to take a picture of that for the show notes? Yeah, I'll scan it. Update. I feel like that company I was talking about, about the driving school, is uh-huh. out of business now relatively recently, but I can't be sure. Mm-hmm. So I am just going to substitute a word here now. Glenby. It's Glenby. The answer Glenby. is Glenby. Glenby. Glenby driver school. Okay, here we go. Yeah, all right. Glenby. <laughs> May 88, I've been at a new school for, I guess, about a month, and school's getting ready to roll into summer, I'm, I'm guessing. Like, for that, mm-hmm. It sounds like we're almost at summer, right? Yeah. And uh, I find out we're moving again. We're going to move. Oh, God. Pam. Yeah. We're going to move. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well... Let's get into this issue. Our spine line, they gave up on uh, on your mark, get set. Now we're at maybe, dot, 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 maybe not, because, you know, may. Our first feature, Why You're a Bad-Tempered Zip-Faced Moody Pain in the Butt Once a Month by Karen Catchpole. <laughs> It says, there's no argument. Premenstrual syndrome can turn the meekest, mildest, most angelic pacifist into the incredible, hideous monster woman for a few endless days a month. But Karen Catchpole discovered that as crazy as PMS can make us feel and act, just get a load of these following stories, there are new things you can do to control it instead of the other way around. This article begins with some stories of people talking about their most PMS-y moments Uh and... I just, it's just me writing OMG, OMG over and over again next to these stories. The first one, there's a group of girls at school my sophomore year that I really wanted to be friends with. We all had one class together right in the middle of it. One of the girls whispered something to her friend and I just stood up and started screaming that nobody cared about me. And I ran out of the room crying. (laughs) A few days later, my period showed up. I wrote, I dream of being the kind of person who can do this. The freedom, the like emotional core sense of self required to stand up and scream in a loaded classroom Mm -hmm. 
nobody cares about me and then leave that class i hope it was during a test and then like wasn't there a test like that I, you left your backpack you got to go back in yeah. where did she go the bathroom women people not just women humans who can just be like i am the most important thing ever and then just storm out how do they do it yeah Incredible. It's, it's wild all of these were like that i felt like that too and I think we've all known people who are that dramatic and will like make a scene like that. I don't think any of us is that person. So all of this was like, it was a lot. And, you know, Dave learned a lot in our slumber party episode about, you know, tampons. <laughs> Dave, what did you learn about PMS from this article? My, I think my favorite part of the uh, PMS vignettes yes. at the start mm-hmm. is uh, the second one where there's like yes. a basketball. Eh, I, I guess I dislocated her knee. Is yeah. the throwaway there? Yeah. Oh my god, you guys. This girl. I'm just telling. I'm talking to the people who are listening. You guys. What happens is she, this chick. We were playing this really rough bas- uh, basketball team. Says 15 year old basketball player Amy. I like that they had to let us know she's really a player. Uh, I'm still not real sure what happened, Your Honor. But this <laughs> tough girl from the other team named Angel ran past me. And the next thing I knew, we were both on the gym floor and I was pounding on her. I guess I dislocated her knee. She just had this look on her face like she couldn't believe what was happening. Yeah. It's like she just disassociated. <laughs> like, No, this is not. This is feels like it's beyond PMS. Yeah. Perhaps. And then I got my period and I was like, sorry, but that's not. <laughs> No. That's why all the links are just like, hey, that's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Like, yeah. hey, man, like you should talk to someone. That's you should not blame beating woman. Yeah. Period. I feel no. like the most unfair thing about PMS rather than having to deal with it is if yeah. you take Please it. Please tell us, Dave. <laughs> well, that it doesn't seem that it doesn't. It wouldn't be. It'll be bad, but it would be more manageable if you knew exactly when and how long. Like if it had the common decency to be on the clock. Yeah. That at least you could plan for it better. Mm-hmm. Right. And say, yeah. all right, you know what? For these next eight days or whatever, I uh, am going to be in my room. Do not bother <laughs> me. I will be with my great projects. I will see you at the end of the month. Especially when you're a teenager yes. because your period is not regular either. Like it might be five weeks apart or, it, you know, it might be longer. Like you don't know, you've no idea what's happening to you at any given month, really. Yeah, but Dave's describing like how I feel about jury duty. Like, can't I just schedule this eight straight days? I'll come in. I'll do the thing. I'll be a little grumpy Mm -hmm. and you won't want me there either, but I'll help. But Dave, jury duty every month forever. Not ever, ever, but for like ever. I am not saying it's easy, guys. For like 40 years. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, but you were still like, just let me plan it and it'll be fine. It will not. (laughs) What I'm saying is I'm negotiating with PMS on terms Mm -hmm. and PMS said (laughs) that I'm not going away, but maybe me and you, Dave, can work something out. My (laughs) first offer would be, well, can we normalize the schedule, please, a little bit so that everybody can just plan their lives a little bit better? PMS, I know you got to do what you got to do, but can we like keep it to weekdays so we don't ruin weekends? Like, what can we do to make this happen? That's what I'm doing here, Pam. So I'm just trying to help within the system. 
that I have created I with PMS say, being this the, sort of Faustian bargain I have to make somehow. Yeah, the imaginary system that yeah. you invented. Yeah, the PMSS. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, in terms of the symptoms that they're describing, I never got it like any of this that bad. I mean, I certainly never dislocated anybody's knee, but I do still get migraines and they do like happen around my period. And to Dave's point, they also are not like sometimes it's before and sometimes it's after and it's very annoying and um, I never know what it's going to be. And um, yeah, I would like to negotiate with it too, but I can't. It's not an option that was granted to me. So um, boo to hormones is what I say. It's terrible. Dave, it says here, PMS is kind of like breaking up with your boyfriend, having a history test, and running a marathon all in the same day. And I would say that is an accurate description of how it's it not feels. great. It's not great. Um, this uh, article also has the one of the first cases, first uses of everybody jumping in in the uh, sidebar to make a joke point, which is mm-hmm. just the most sassiest thing. Uh, believe it or not, there's actually an upside to PMS. And then it's, yeah, right. Signed Jane, Catherine, Elizabeth, Christina, Anne, Mary S, Mary C, Jacinta, <laughs> Andrea, Vicky, and Cheryl. Why not Neil too? Like, just let him in. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a thing in here suggesting that you avoid red meat because it contains estrogen, which will only make PMS worse. Hmm. But I always remember when you were on your period, it was like, eat meat because you're losing iron. Is that a myth? I remember hearing that as well. Anything that has like a lot of <laughs> blood in it for that blood. reason. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Blood to feed your blood. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Now it does sound like perhaps <laughs> just share, just share giving advice, <laughs> advice in Moonstruck. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm just, this is my, I get to do this. Listen, I, I take something and I'm not sure if I'm taking a thing that is good for me for PMS or if I'm being scammed, I might be being scammed. So <laughs> sassy friends, let me know. Did your, like, here's what happened. I said, this was a few, couple of years ago, but I said to my gynecologist, Hey, I'm like furious. And he was like, what? And I was like, like, I want to kill. I was like, I'm furious. Like, uh, I understand male rage. He was like, okay. And I said, like, I don't like you right now. And I don't, I don't want to talk to you. And, and, and I'm, I want, I want what I want and I want it now. I want it first. And I'm like, everything kind of hurts and I'm sweaty. I wake up every night sweaty. I have to change my clothes like twice. Like it's awful. And I'm just sad and angry. And he very calmly was like, well, you sound like a woman entering middle age. And I was like, fuck off, buddy. But then he said, here, take this. And it's, uh, at the time, it wasn't called this. The company's gone through a new name, but it's called Bonafide. And you can go to this website, hellobonafide.com. And let me say, like, I read, I tried to find any other thing on the internet that was like, yeah, it's legit. And I can't find anything. <laughs> I took two of these damn Swedish pollen pills, is all it will tell you. Uh-huh. And no more no more hot flashes. And, like, I didn't get mad at anyone. Pam, he just gave you sweet tarts. <laughs> yeah. I think there were Ricolas, yeah. Ricola, this is your soul. Don't worry about it, Pam. They're not cheap. This thing comes every month. And I just need other people to tell me that they're, because it says when you go to the Bonafide website, over 8,100 doctors have recommended this. And I don't think that's enough doctors. No. And I, I can't what find kind of anywhere else. Just, I don't know, Dr. T. History teeth. professors. <laughs> Dr. <Phil>. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and so... 
And, but so I stopped taking it because I was like, well, this is ridiculous. I brought it to my dermatologist and she was like, I don't know, this is probably nothing, but it can't hurt you. And I was like, how do you know that? And she was like, I don't, because I don't know. Do you got it on the internet? And I was like, yes. Little did she know she, she was talking to the second face on your back. You <laughs> yeah, little so, pal. Uh, <laughs> so I stopped taking it and then like, I'm just telling someone about it randomly, uh, back when people could come into your home. This is how long ago the story is. But I was like, mm-hmm. so I stopped taking it cause it's bullshit and I'm fine. There's no difference. And in the back, Jason's eyes just get really wide and he goes, did you stop taking it like two <laughs> weeks ago? Will you please take it again? Will you please take the pills again? And uh, and I was like, you can fuck up. And everybody, get on my middle finger and spin around. And um, <laughs> this is why I'm a bad-tempered, zip-faced, moody pain in the butt. And I really don't. I've never, like, socked a basketball player or what was the other person? What did the other person do? Oh, she just, no, I do tef, definitely do the other one. My roommate was driving me crazy, so she stared at me like I was crazy for telling her that there were garbage rules, and then I fell on the floor and cried for hours. <laughs> I didn't understand why until I got my period. Definitely. That's definitely me. But didn't you connect taking bona fide or not having, not being on bona fide and screaming at your doctor with the <laughs> wishful confidence you had at the start of this segment, like you became do unto others person. You became, oh, I guess I dislocated her knee in that moment. Listen, so consider shit, this. Dave. That bona fide is robbing you of this fantasy of yours of being the person who is so confident, so angry, so don't give a shit that you'll get you'll get anything you want done to whoever you want. It just doesn't matter. Boom. I do feel better this angry. Go to hellobonafide.com and look at these women. Isn't that what you want to look like every day? Like you're wearing good, loose neutrals. You're, you're just like slightly hugging your best friend. I love, I love a baggy neutral. A baggy suit. And, and then they're also like, you should take our vitamins and you should take our this and you should take our that. It's hormone free and safe, but it doesn't tell you what it is. And you guys, I just keep putting it inside of me. <laughs> is it? Is it the plastic tampon with the applicator still in? <laughs> yeah, you're swallowing those dinosaurs and there's a whole bunch of like really big yes. foam dinosaurs in your tum-tum. They're, they're expanding in your stomach and they're soaking up all your rage like a sponge. I just need yeah. someone else out there in the, in the Sassiverse to say, I've taken them too and they help or don't take these. This is snake oil. I just need someone <laughs> to help me out because I don't know what to do. Wait. Why would just some random listener be more trustworthy to you than your gynecologist who you pay money to to look after your parts? He makes me wait 90 minutes in the waiting room. (laughs) Okay. I haven't gone in a bit because of the pandemic. Who has that kind of time to wait around in a mask? Hey, Tara, are you you a little bit worried about like Pam's just, you know, acceptance to just take things? that have absolutely no positive <laughs> reviews or information on the internet? Like, can we use this to our advantage somehow? Is this something that we can grift? Because I feel like there's an opportunity here. What What could we po- What could we gain from making her take things? I don't know. Let's like give things. Pam lots of laxatives or something. I don't well, know. Uh, be we, funny. But how would that benefit us? Well, rage! <laughs> Absolute paint job of rage! <laughs> 
Do you know that boys can get PMS, apparently? I saw that. Mm-hmm. BMS? Yeah. <laughs> which apparently is now called irritable male syndrome, which mm. sounds like bullshit, but. Does it? Well, I mean, everybody gets angry, but. Yeah. I don't, I don't seem to recall a schedule that I get angry on. I get angry on merit. Everybody gets angry is such a good children's book title. <laughs> I get angry on merit and sad as it happens. See, that's the thing. Like I, when I was, you know, I was very hesitant to, you know, say I don't really get PMS that much. And then I was like, well, Dave will back me up. I'm equally bitchy all the time. <laughs> I don't think I have like major ebbs and flows of bitchiness. It's just like a steady, steady state bitchitude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean that like a terrible thing. I mean, you just you're just acerbic, yeah, by nature, and right. you know sometimes it's jokey, and then sometimes it feels a little more real. <laughs> and that's what I guess sad. <laughs> hey, I have a Swedish pollen pill you can take for that, Dave. I think I'm not sure. I take bona fide pills, but it's for something different. <laughs> it's even called bona fide. Like, no, Pam, it's fine. It's bona fide. That's that to me, that yeah. is the most worrisome part. It seems like it's protesting yeah. too much. Hey, Pam, take these. They're called trustums. Exactly. <laughs> like, t- here, Pam, I prescribed you for reals. What are they for? Don't worry about it. Just take them. They're trustums. For realsies. <laughs> is for your ouches. Here, take this. This one's called Shut Up and this one's called Swallow. <laughs> okay, should we move on? If you'd like. This article ends with, uh, hey, the next time you're feeling re- really left out, remember there are some places where menstruating women are banished from their tribes. Or if your boyfriend calls you a bitch, think about the days of women with their periods were called witches, literally, and even burned at the stake. <laughs> no, you guys, don't let him call you a bitch. That's my update. <laughs> On the PMS article. Sponsored by Bonafide. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know if we're going to follow that. But our second feature is She Was a Teenage Stripper. This is by Catherine Geisen. Before we get into it, trigger warning, this is a story that involves suicide and sexual assault. This is... Honestly, an upsetting portrait of an unsafe home well before we get to the part where the subject, whose name is Tina Mancini and who is deceased, even as a stripper. Basically, we hear about her first stepfather, Edward, who was probably unhappy and not living his true gender expression because we find out he was a transvestite and then ended up getting a gender reassignment. Not that they call it that because it was 1988. We also hear about the unsteady slash sketchy employment by her mother, Teresa, tarot readings, parrot training. She was flipping parrots. (laughs) That was one of her jobs. Mm -hmm. Food insecurity. No one giving a fuck if or when you come home. Tina getting raped on camera by two classmates and her half brother like minimizing it, saying that it probably wasn't rape. They just had sex with her without her permission, which is rape. So then there's more weird gender stuff with her biological father that Tina goes to live with for a while where her friend says that he treated her like a boy in weird ways. So then we also find out Chip, her brother, like is really into the tabloid fame of the 
story that we will get to. Like they flew him to New York. They gave him a thousand dollars to be on Geraldo. The two of them had a suicide pact. By the time we get to the detail of Teresa, her mother, encouraging her or forcing her unclear to become a stripper and then watching her from the booth, it made me realize there's a Law and Order episode that is based on this. It's called Aria. It's from season two. And it was, I think, probably inspired by this case. There, In that episode, the way they changed it, it's that there's a mother who's so focused on her daughter's acting career that she gets her into porn. And that daughter also dies by suicide. And the mother is prosecuted for her part in the events that precede her death. And this case happened in 1986. That episode was from 1991. So what happened in this case is that this girl either essentially trafficked or just urged to become a stripper in order to support her family and then got into some kind of dispute with her mother, died by suicide, and then the mother was prosecuted essentially for endangering her because she was underage. The end of the story is Catherine asks her brother what he would say to her if he could see her now. And he says he would say thank you because he's probably going to profit from her death. Like, it's such a dark story. <laughs> like, for this to be in the third issue of the magazine, it's like, really, again, we keep saying this, but it's a bold statement of intent for Sassy to even cover the story. But they don't pull any punches and, in fact, go into a lot of detail where it's like, you didn't have to go that hard about the details of the state of her when she was found after she died. It, it's really drops you back in time in the way that they're talking about the mall and the stores in Florida. And you, you just kind of feel very, this could easily have been you or someone you knew. Mm -hmm. There's something about, you know, being at the mall and getting Sabaro pizza and be like, oh my gosh, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I put a link in here. I didn't know if you saw this, but that Teresa has a blog, had a blog that she kept for a while. And she wrote, um, she wrote from Tina's perspective of oh, the boy. trial, the suicide. The whole, oh God. It is, it's some old school blogging in that way where you're like, oh no, it's, uh, you know, it's on tripod.com. Uh, uh. Um, I don't know if you want to include any of it, but it is, I mean, they're still obviously trying to, they're really mad they didn't get to make money off this story. Mm -hmm. That That is clear in here too. Yeah, they sound like uh, really great people. Uh, Chip has this part in the story where he's talking about that school rape where he's like, I can't say she was raped. I don't think it was real rape because my sister was tough and strong. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a lot of extremely bad takes, obviously, uh -huh. in this article. But it is a story of some real human garbage in Tina's family, and it's uh, really depressing mm -hmm. to see it kind of happen in slow motion over like five pages or whatever it is. Not the kind of thing you would think of when you pick up a teen magazine. Certainly makes it all the more hard hitting. Yeah. And how it's so carefully tried to be told through Tina's point of view as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I think we saw the same sort of thing with Chelsea's story. Um, you know, all these other people are giving their opinions, but Catherine's doing her best to really keep it focused on where where Tina where Tina's mind might have been at. And not editorialize too much either. Like it just presents the shitty things that Chip says, like without being like, Can you believe this fucking guy? It's just like, and then he said this. It's rough, but it's it's really well written and surprising, as Dave said, to see it in the midst of, of everything else. And I'm impressed that they did it, because <laughs> there were probably a lot of people at the publishers that didn't want them to. Feature number 
three is uh, what your mom doesn't know about you and what you don't know about her with a bunch of the ladies talking about their moms in honor of Mother's Day. They wanted to find out how well you and your mom understand each other. So they interviewed a, a bunch of moms and girls and asked like, you know, to see if their ma- answers match, like a very complicated sassy quiz, but it's moms <laughs> and daughters this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The only one that I was like, what was our grades important? And you, 34% of you say yes. And 25% of your moms think they're important. Did this number seem very low to any of you? Yes. But yeah, I was <laughs> okay. also shocked. I, I at one point was like, I'm going to maybe I'll call my mom and I'll do this and see if. if and then I chickened out because <laughs> the questions I was like, I don't want to know what she thinks. <laughs> I don't want to know what she thinks. I think. What's interesting to me is that they, the ones where they would ask how many moms thought their daughters had lost their virginity or how many moms thought their daughters had thought about suicide. And then mm-hmm. they didn't actually put the percentage of the daughters who either had thought about suicide or lost their virginity, I guess, because the moms and daughters who had participated were going to read this and they didn't want to make the daughters have to have an awkward conversation about, were you in this 33% or whatever it was, you know. Which is nice of them. Oh, I see. Uh, unlike in the running away from home where they were like 35% yes. of you did. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was reading this article about what your mom doesn't know about you, I, I couldn't help but think of it from um, a mom perspective now, which is a very different way yeah. to be reading through an article. I wondered that. You know, I will say that uh, a lot of those PMS things happen to eight-year-olds too. Like it doesn't have to be <laughs> hormonal. But I, I started Googling like, what do you do with a teenage girl? And Scary Mommy had stuff like 20 things teen girls wish their mom knew. And uh, there was this other one that was like what every mother needs to know. And there's a lot. I can't imagine my mom looking for advice on how to talk to their daughters mm-hmm. on their level. And this was so much like how can I help them know I like them just for who they are. Yeah. Validating feelings seems a lot more important <laughs> these days than it was ours. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to yeah. put it. It's okay yes. to feel things is something that was not said at the time <laughs> in my recollection. The one I thought was funny was um, the moms <laughs> rating it very low boys cuteness. Like, don't they look at the posters? On their daughter's walls, maybe they don't think those boys are cute. They probably think they're weird looking, I guess. Those are not their boyfriends. Those are their crushes. They bring these boyfriends home and they're like, I guess she doesn't care about looks. Have you seen (laughs) Peter? That kid, oof. Oh my gosh, you guys. How to kiss. And I, I... must have read this one a lot because I remembered <laughs> copy verbatim. I was like, oh, I tried that, did that, tried that. Uh, I wrote, this has happened to me. And then I put, oh, look, my sexual identity is sassy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so how to, how to kiss is some do's and don'ts on how to like get down and get into like a makeout session. I, I use like cool mom head bobs mm-hmm. while I say it. So that's oh, not yeah. cool. Mm. I'm just, again, <laughs> turning it to some sort of <laughs> Amy Poehler character. But I, by the time this article came out, I, I had definitely been kissed, but mm-hmm. I had not made out with someone. Right. And I do mean I had been kissed. There were two kisses yes. thrust upon me. Mm-hmm. I had not kissed someone. I understand. Yeah, same. No, I don't mm-hmm. mean do you understand. I mean... <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, yes. do you want to talk about your kisses? Mm-hmm. No, I had not made out with anyone at this point either. So this was, again, this was all theoretical knowledge that would not be put into practice for many years later. But what was most notably notable to me reading it now <laughs> is the many uh, interjections of Neil again. Like Neil just horning out all over this. Neil even said he was available for research. Neil, I think drooling's kind of fun. You would, Jane. And if anyone knows about a lot of girls, it's our Neil. Shut up, Neil. <laughs> like, you know, I know why they're doing this. But again, it's like, just quit forcing Neil on us. It's enough. That said, it did work on me. I can't deny that it did. Yeah, totally. Boy, do I remember, like, don't eat garlic. I get, it's like, don't eat. Just like, don't eat anything. If you <laughs> might get kissed in the next three to five weeks, don't eat. <laughs> I I remember, uh, don't overestimate the tongue, (laughs) which is like, just like maybe try kissing without all the licking. It's really does a lot of like, it's worried about your your tongue a lot in this article. It tells you to practice. And I definitely did that. Practice on your hand. Little little (laughs) part of your hand right here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, not like um, that. Not like this, Dave. Like this. Oh, okay. Like (laughs) senior wences? Hello. Yes. Hello. You give me good stuff. I love you, David. (laughs) But because you can also then like kiss back. Right. Like you can be like, oh, I'm getting kissed. How do I handle kissing? Right. I'm going to bite his tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bite his tongue. No, he says don't. Oh, don't bite his tongue. Also, don't practice in a mirror for people who haven't might be listening to this and are like, practice in a mirror. It's not it's not it's not no. good for your nose. It's not good. You'll never it just hurt your teeth. Stick a finger in his mouth seems very advanced to me for a teen audience. But well, well, that's where I wrote my sexual identity assassin. <laughs> for the stick a finger in your mouth, I feel like. If they're going to put it out there, they have to explain in what manner you you should stick a finger in his mouth because um, are you trying to make him throw up? I think is what's going to happen most of the time with people that really have no idea what you're doing. Stick a finger. Yeah. Hey, hey. (laughs) It's true. It's a very touchy area. Mm. Your finger can probe more than your tongue can. And once you get that gag reflex, it's over. It's like true. You're, wa- you're going home. You're going home. You're going to watch a couple episodes of 18. That's it. You're done. Yeah. Dave, how would someone get a finger that far into someone's mouth during a kiss? You don't need to get it you far. Don't. You just need to get it like quick and in the middle. It'll it'll like just do it quick like that. No. It'll, you'll get you get a little gag reflex. It won't make it throw up, but it's not going to be good. L- listen, take it from someone who is not bulimic, but who gets migraines, as I've already said, and sometimes has to like stimulate the gag reflex in order to get past nausea. It, mm-hmm. You don't have to you don't have yeah. to try that hard. I think we've discovered one of the side effects of bonafide. <laughs> <laughs> bonafide will suppress your gag reflex. You will have no more feeling. Mm. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I like this suggestion. Do something with your hands, but they're very coy about what you should be doing. And I just imagine like kissing with your arms behind his back, and then you're like doing some juggling behind his back, and you're watching the balls go above his head as you're juggling, or perhaps bowling pins. I feel like they just need to like spell some of this out a little bit more for sort of a new audience. 
God, this is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) So the opening clip was from Crybaby, and I put it there because I wanted to ask, did you watch Crybaby? I have not watched it yet. I will watch it before our next pop culture episode. I promise. That's fine. You don't have to. It doesn't come out for another year, sassy-wise. But I thought maybe you had, and then you would recognize the clip about kissing. And he teaches her how to French kiss. In this article, there's Do Vary Your Technique, and it describes basically kissing is akin to an artist's style, and, and you can try all different kinds of styles. And then I remembered a kiss that I liked a lot, and I was like, oh, I'm going to put this in the show notes. And you had I put in my favorite kiss, only to find that you had just put in the most awkward kiss. <laughs> I was like, that's, it's very you and me, where I'm like, remember amazing, like, romancy kissing? You're like, look at this gross thing. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, Dave, the kiss I put in was from Resident Alien, which is the, uh, the makeup scene in the car where he's, he, it's an alien in a human body and he just does not know what he's doing. And he basically licks her face while juggling behind her back. Pretty basically. Much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I linked to the holiday kissing scene with uh, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. That is a good one. That was a good one. Do you guys think you're good kissers? I mean, according to this article, as a, as a wind instrument player, uh, yeah, I'm amazing. Yeah, and I don't, I don't bite her tongue, so got that going for me. I try. Oh, how I try. And I'm really good at taking a breath every few minutes. I try to put at least seven fingers in her mouth, so I'm, like, really good at that part. And I do everything with my hands. Usually, like, I'll, like, we'll be kissing. I'm like, Tara, can we move this to the kitchen? And, like, I'll be doing dishes and shit just to get, like, multitasking oh, stuff that done. that is hot. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yes. You want to move out to the grill? <laughs> Baby. Pam, do you think you're a good kisser? I think, well, I I feel like I'm a by-the-book sassy kisser. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I never played a musical instrument, so I don't have that. I do take a breath every few minutes. Mm-hmm. I do have fun. And I do think I took this part about being an artist to heart. <laughs> Sometimes it's best to be Baroque about it. <laughs> like It's like a jewel song. Kiss him on every centimeter of his face, starting at the forehead, working away across the eyebrows, down the bridge of his nose, etc., etc. If it ain't broke, <laughs> don't look it. No. Oh, my. <laughs> Boo. Uh, boo. <laughs> Look, I know what I was doing. Gosh. That was the eight finger insert of this article. Proceed? <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Yes, yes please. God. <laughs> Our short story. Is My Mother Married a Monster by Ruth, I'm going to guess, Keppel, K-O-E-P-P-E-L. Um, about a, told in the first person by a girl whose parents are divorced. Her mother has since married another man. They've moved into his very fancy pad. He's in finance. They live on Park Avenue. That part doesn't sound so bad. He doesn't really sound like a monster so much as just not what this daughter wants in a dad. But um, yeah, I uh, like this narrator also wrote snotty novels about my adult enemies when I was a teenager. So I appreciated that part of it. And I also thought um, printing it in script was an interesting, cool choice, which they do. Mm -hmm. 
And then she, uh, when she's excited to get to see her dad for the first time in five years, and it's to watch him win a literal Oscar for editing, which was also cool. It's a weird wish fulfillment detail in a story like this. First of all, again, doesn't say it's fiction anywhere (laughs) other than back there. So if I hadn't known, I would have been like, this is intense. She's super into not wearing a bra and wearing her dad's old shirts and talking about how her nipples feel like this. This story goes in a lot of directions Mm -hmm. and then sitting around watching him win the Oscar. And then and then the stepdad kind of kidnapping her across state lines. Mm -hmm. Then she attacks him in the limo physically. Yeah. But says she's imagining it until he's like, ah, get off of me. And then his suitcase opens up and Tums fall out. (laughs) I, I I I swear to God, I thought I had a stroke reading this. I could not follow this fucking story. I like I I don't know. Maybe like I missed the first instance of the name and who it was or something. But like I swear to God, this was a fever dream story. And like the end of it is there's the tum. What? Like fucking what? It is. It is pure death kill sex fic when you don't know how to kill or fuck and you and you're just like my fucking stepdad is awful and I miss my dad. I miss my dad so much that I'll watch him win an Oscar while I kill my stepdad. Yeah. I hate this fancy place we live in. I miss our shitty broke spot. And <laughs> ugh, and I just, I hate how everything's upholstered with paisleys. It is, I mean, I also had my own like revenge kill fantasy stuff that mm-hmm. you write and don't share with people unless you're me. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was so sweet that the stepdad pa- like took her and, and instead of giving her something fancy to wear in the limo or to Chicago, it was just more of her dad's ratty ass shirts. Yeah. He noticed that that's what she likes. Yeah. Like he's he yeah. paid attention to her. And when when we get that detail, I was like, oh, he's taking her to L.A. to see her dad. That's what I thought so, too. But then he said, we're both going to Chicago. Right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, now it's creepy. He's taking her to Chicago to try and fuck her or something. I know. It sounds, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. The she who is Marcy is going through some feelings and they are all in here. They are yeah, all here. It was always almost about to get dirty. Yeah. But then it doesn't. <laughs> Good job, Ruth. Welcome to the 75th anniversary of the city of Beverly Hills. And where else in the world could you have a slice of birthday cake made out of solid diamonds worth $22 million? Look at that beauty. I generally thought this was from like a best in show. Like I was. No, (laughs) it it, it is actually from the 75th anniversary party of Beverly Hills, where all the stars of Hollywood came out, including Clint Eastwood, Arnold Schwarzenegger at all to celebrate 75 years of Beverly Hills, including like a Beverly Hills song that was really cheesy mm. and everything. It was uh, it was something. And that's the start of it. I fully expected Catherine O'Hara to pick it up from there when, <laughs> when you hit pause. <laughs> I love cut diamond cupcakes. <laughs> and then she eats one. Oh, I married. Good thing I married a dentist. So we're on the road in Beverly Hills. We went from Miami to Austin to Beverly Hills. And once again, I do feel like I just took a lot out of sassy and applied it to my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we've all lived uh, Beverly Hills adjacent. Yes. Three of us. Very adjacent. Adjacent, adjacent. Yep. 
and uh, have been near some of these places. Yeah, Dave and I have spent a lot of time in Beverly Hills because that's where Soup Plantation used to be, RIP, at the Beverly Connection. <laughs> very close to where we used to live. That's um, not Beverly Hills. And uh, I'm still not over it. That's not Beverly Hills. <laughs> Beverly Connection was in Beverly Hills. No, it's not Beverly It's in Hills. West Hollywood. It's like Beverly Hills adjacent. Yeah. It's like West Hollywood. Well, so like some of these pictures, they're definitely like Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills. I did. I looked up Titsiana. I don't know if that's how you say it. I've never shopped in this little area. Mm-hmm, me like, neither. I'm not a Rodeo Drive person, but sometimes I have to walk through them to get to doctors because they're mm-hmm. all over there. Yes. And that's where I've seen like Lisa Brenna. Mm-hmm. Like they really are. They really are there, you guys. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> It's my that my doctor was too. Now that I come to think of it, it was right by the Marameco store in Beverly Hills. My doctor's office. Mine was across the street from Oprah's Eyebrow Lady. Anastasia. Oh, mm, yeah. famous. So I looked up Tiziana. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's, that's how fun. I'm going to say, say it, it that way. Tiziana, the the model in front of the Tiziana looks like if Tara got to go to Beverly Hills. <laughs> like it's so what I think you would have been like, I've dressed myself for Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> Dots and frills. And I think those are platform shoes. Uh-huh. It's like Pee Wee's Big Adventure meets Tara. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm getting dragged, but I can't really argue. No, <laughs> no, it's super cute. I think you would have worn this for our like girls trip to Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm, if we probably. were probably. You've been like, let's go take a picture of me in front of Tiziana. <laughs> I'll show the friends in vagina. <laughs> mm. uh, and then I would be wearing these stockings that have like French down the side. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, I know what that means. And I'd be like, good, because I don't. So can you tell me what my leg says? <laughs> I honestly did not pay attention to that. I just saw it like out of the corner of my eye. And I just thought it was something from Lord of the Rings. Doesn't it look like? That's what the script looks like. Elvish. It does. I couldn't read it, though. I know it's French, but I couldn't make Make out the words because it's too because the photo's too dark. Je Let me congratulate you. It seems like is the closest. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Right. You know why? Going up her leg, right? It's the the pre. I wonder if Lucky Brand <laughs> made these tights. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It says the people in Beverly Hills eat sushi, 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 and diner food. That's still true. That you need your own phone with a personalized phone number, a three-way line, call waiting, and an answering machine. Some people in Beverly Hills still have all that. That is the essence of 1988 luxury, all of that. Oh, my (laughs) God. It says, pro tip, if you're going to Beverly Hills, don't buy a map of where the stars live. They've all moved. True. Mm Mm-hmm. And they say dork, stoked, bail, rad, and awesome. All still kicking it here in the 90210. And bail, as in let's bail, it means to leave. Oh, yeah. Still saying you that. Don't, you never heard. Oh, you're still saying that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying like they have to explain what it means because it's new slang to the sassy reader. People saying rad still. I feel like that one's yeah. fallen out. Yeah, it's come back. People still say it, but I think like ironically, old people like us. Still okay, but I meant like, I feel like dork and <laughs> stoked, bail, awesome are still everyday contenders. But I, I feel mm-hmm. like rad has fallen out of, rad, rad is a specialty word now. I, I would say that's true. Okay. Pam, do you agree? <laughs> sure. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Skaters <laughs> might still say rad. I don't know. Uh, there's a story here. The prince has a Beverly Hills house with a white picket fence around it. And they said that how quaint. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go look for that. And what I found was some other prince Beverly Hills mansion story. And it's great. 
Okay. <laughs> so this is, I don't know basketball, but NBA all-star Carlos Boozer had a, just rented, like, or just bought this Beverly Hills house. And then he got busy being good at basketball. Right. And so he was going to rent it out. And there was one renter who was willing to pay just like a million dollars a year to rent the place. Right. And so they went to they went to meet him and the person had been very mysterious and secretive. And it turned out it was Prince. He was like, yeah, man, Prince can rent my house. And then uh, he, sh- he was like in town a few months later and was like, Prince, I'm going to be over at my house in a second. And when he got there, his house had been completely changed into a brand new house. Like he, <laughs> Prince had put Prince had put the symbol up um, on the gates where there used to be like horse like horses or lions or something. Uh-huh. Prince had changed one of the ba- bedrooms to a full working salon and the other one to a massage parlor. Mm-hmm. Prince had pulled up all of the floors and put in carpeting. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done. Hold on, let me get to it. The code worked, and that's how we knew it was still his house. <laughs> yeah, so everything was black and purple. There was a massage parlor. I'd never, I'd never had anything in this house. Like, he had not moved in yet. So he's like, what is going on? I'd spent all this money to, to decorate. And then he did all this. I had a really awesome weight room. He turned the weight room into a dance floor. He had a disco ball and a DJ booth, which I thought was pretty awesome. But I was still like, what? <laughs> I'm living. <laughs> I go into the bedroom and it's a purple heart-shaped bed with black carpet. At this point, I'm like, what the fuck happened to my house? <laughs> Boozer immediately began placing calls to the superstar, only to be greeted by his voicemail each time. Days turned into weeks, and after nearly two months without a return call, a response from Prince, Boozer was ready to take legal action. I left him one more message. I said, P, I've been trying to get a hold of you for two months. I don't know where you are. I hope everything is cool with you and your family, but I'm about to sue you because you changed my whole house around without giving me notice, and that's a breach of contract. Uh, Three days later, Prince was back on the grid. He said, I'm so sorry. I've been on the road this whole time. Don't worry. The house is going to look just like the house when you moved out. When I move out at the end of my lease, it'll look like I was never there. Trust me. Wired him $500,000 as a promise. And when he came back to his house, everything was how it was before exactly how he had it. I mean. Prince was magic. Pure magic. And then. This is the best part. It says proof of Prince's stay is documented through the album artwork of 3121 Prince's studio album that he made in that in that mansion. Yeah. Which is how I know Prince wrote off all of that <laughs> because it was to take the pictures yes. for the album and to make the album. So, yep. yeah, man, like a cool mill. No problem. Wow. Genius. So Amazing. Genius. That's a great story. Shit. Yeah. You know what's also great? The fact that Beverly Hills is soon to get a Johnny Rockets. <laughs> Johnny Rockets. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Johnny Rockets is or at least was a place where the staff will spontaneously start singing. Is that correct? Was it? Maybe. Didn't they do that back in the day? Probably. I seem to recall that. that. And familiar. nothing makes me more uncomfortable than people singing in public near or at me. That is why when I was in L.A., I was more of a Ruby's diner person because you don't have to worry about any of the Ruby's waitresses singing to you because they were like, here's your fucking veggie burger. Get the fuck out of the store. I get paid $2 an hour. Bye. And I appreciate that. You get you get uncomfortable even if they're not singing to you? Like if it's the next table over is having a birthday, are you mortified uh, on their behalf? No. Oh. It's okay. People singing to me, please know. Mm-hmm. That's like horror to me. People singing to other people I don't know, third party transactions over here, 
fine as long as I'm not being like as long as they're not looking at me like and now it's your time to yeah. join in. Everybody loves singing happy birthday in a public place. No, we fucking don't. <laughs> Leave us alone. The other thing I don't like is when they make staff sing as like as part of their job. It's one degree away from child labor kind of evil. I don't like it. Okay. And I don't approve of it. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I'm aware of Dave's feelings on the subject. The uh, The average household income, it says, is $120,000, and it's actually gone down per Google. It's now $160,000, so I hope everyone in Beverly Hills is doing okay. <laughs> they also say the look is black blazer, white t-shirt, jeans, and cowboy boots, or velvet dresses, and all of that was definitely still the look when Beverly Hills 90210 premieres, which is two and a half years later. So all of that checks out, in my opinion. R.I.P. Soup Plantation. R.I.P. Soup Plantation. I was never comfortable with Soup Plantation. Oh, Pam. I'll never get over it. Oh. Just with the name. Just the name. Right? Oh, the name. It's the, no, it's not just the name. No, Pam doesn't like it when other people touch her food. <laughs> I don't. Well, it was like, it was trophy. It was trophy. She doesn't like the commoners. She just wants to eat macaroons. <laughs> Where is Macaroon Plantation? How dare you sing in my general direction? I'm Dave Cole. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I don't know who you are because my memory has failed because of all the bona fide I've been taking. Soup salad in one roll and I want to get it myself. I don't want anyone to talk to me. Look. Soup plantation. Here's something you missed by not going to soup plantation. We were at soup plantation once and next to us sat all the Yankovics, whole mass of <gasps> Yankovics right next to us. I could have I could have just reached over and patted Weird Al's back. Super nice guy. He loves Sue Plantation. Sue Plantation, too good for Pam, apparently, but it's not too good for Weird Al. He of the people. God damn it. You really know where to hit me. No, you're right. Damn it. You know what he does, though? He he sings at people. Brings them joy. Body talk. Let me hear your body talk. Have a, just a few items from Body Talk this time. They talk about sports bras, how to get a sports bra to fit you. I don't really have anything to say about their specific advice except to give a shout out to sports bras, the official undergarment of working from home slash quarantine. Sports bras. <laughs> All I wear. Sports bras. I am uh, like the Oprah of sports bras, like in roller derby or wherever. I'm always like, hey, you need a different bra. Like I yeah. have shouted at people in the mm -hmm. street. I'm like, no, they won't last if you keep doing that. Yeah. They only look nice right now. Please be kind. Anyway, shout out to Freya. Freya, underwire sports bras. They are the best. Yeah. Try one. Oprah wears the wrong bra size, by the way. I know she did that whole episode and then she, they were like, mm -hmm. she, her bras fit for like three days and then she just went back to wearing whatever vanity size bra she liked. I'm an Oprah bra size truther, but we can move on. There's also an item about how diet soda is not that bad for you. They're like, eh, you know, it probably won't give you cancer. Saccharin and diet soda won't give you cancer. All these other things are like more likely to. But they also further down the page have an item about sorbitol, another artificial sweetener, which will make you shit yourself. So, you know, just decide <laughs> which kind of artificial sweetener you want to affect you and how, because those are your choices. I like the bottom of it, where it's just got recap topics that I am very sure that was the inspiration for We Didn't Start the Fire. It's just like these <laughs> random, you know, sparse bras, ecstasy, iron rules, and sugarless gum. 
The the whole tone of body talk I, when I read it now I can't not giggle because I I it's definitely it's just me it's it like <laughs> X ecstasy MDMA or whatever you want to call the drug it just sounds like me talking to you gives you more than a one like gives you more than just a one to four hour cocaine type high these tablets or capsules give you brain damage too <laughs> and, and <laughs> just being like hey. Hey, moderate doses fed to rats of that damage 90% of the brain cells related to appetite, sexual behavior, stress, and pain responses. Two months later, 50% of the damage remained. And six months later, 25% were still damaged. Women with AIDS experience symptoms sooner and die faster than men do. Like, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> what else do I have to say? We Three didn't start, start the fire. The fire. <laughs> it was always furnaces. The 80s were turned <laughs> Next, we have help. Uh, the first letter is about someone who had been having sex with a female friend, but now she has a boyfriend and the female friend who she had been having sex with is threatening to tell everyone what they were doing unless the sex resumes. And the advice I'm going to say is a B minus. I would say at this time, Telling your huge secret will just make her seem immature is not an answer that's going to satisfy this letter writer. But I do appreciate that they're not making her same sex sex seem like a bigger deal than it probably is. Without saying it, they're saying, well, what would you be embarrassed about? Right. Right. And and that's, you know, that's very sassy of like, oh, so she tells people you have sex with girls. That's that shouldn't be a threat. If you're having sex with her, mm-hmm. you want to. And right. if you don't want to, don't have sex with her. And if she tells people, you'll be like, yeah, I used to, that's, that's what I was interested in. Just the preface to that, I think, is is ridiculous. It's, it's just making it seem like, you know, it's like, well, if they do that, then they're not really your friend. Advice that's, that parents try and pull on you. It's like, that's not helpful to me in this moment. <laughs> you know, that's all. <laughs> Up next is farting. Yeah. <laughs> All I have to say about this one is that she refers to her her flatulence problem as disposing of air, mm-hmm. which is a new one to me. It sounds like garbage collection day. Like, <laughs> oh, it's, Friday, it's Wednesday night. I got to go dispose of the air. Yeah. yeah, it's already 10 o'clock at night. I got to make a lot of noise bringing those air bins out to the sidewalk. Yes, which even the in the answer, they're like, I assume you mean you're talking about farting. But uh, the reason I wanted to bring it up is that um, one of my favorite stories that my mother ever told me about her weird, extremely repressed cousins when she was a kid is that their euphemism for farting was they would say that they let a rose, <laughs> which is like most absurd um like 60s euphemism for farting uh that i think i've ever heard it's weird how well not taboo but just the you know how subject changey farting used to be my dad told me a story about his mother they were playing scrabble when he was a kid and he could spell fart so he did and his mother reached over started Moving tiles around. No, John, I think you meant raft. (laughs) (laughs) And so raft it was. But F was on a triple word. Yeah, exactly. I still need credit for those multiplier bonuses. That's right. I hope she gave him credit for the triple. 
Well, I really got also hung up on the disposing of air. And I was like, you know, when we assume it's farting, we make an ass out of you and my farts. Because I was like, gaseous clay might be burping. Then Dave described that person on the plane who was like (laughs) disposing of air all over the plane Mm -hmm. with a balloon. And now I realize this is a letter from Dave's. Oh, yeah. Amtrak. Thank you. This is this is that's disposing of air. It's just coming out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> what it, I, I have to say, I don't think there's a better word for farting than fart because yeah. fart's just a fun word. But if you had to pick like a euphemism, what would it be? Like a lot of them, I feel like they try too hard. Mm-hmm. Although some of them are kind of like almost funny, but not quite. I feel like air biscuit is there. Like, oh, air biscuit. It's a food item. It's kind of cute. There's air, but I don't really understand why it's a biscuit. Farting's better. I'm into the onomatopoeia, though, so I would probably go, foot. Is that what it sounds like when you fart? No, Dave, I've never farted. So if I just happen to say, no, foot, we can actually pretend that Pam just farted for real? The dog did that. Foot. No, Pam. that's a dog fart. Pam. Foots. Foot. Kids Pam. Foot. No, stop it. Stop it. No. Never farted. I let a rose go once in a pool. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you. When Tara, the first time Tara farted in front of me, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that took the relationship up to the next level. And it was great. It's the first and it's never happened since. I don't know why this farting thing is like, you, know, like, you should just be like, you, just, you know, when you want to declare love, you just walk up to your, mm-hmm. your significant other. It's like, hey, baby. <laughs> you point to them and they bend down. And then you hug and yeah. you get married. Yeah. Some couples are like that. That you just reminded me of a story I had blacked out, which is that my <laughs> that is what my dad did on like date two or something with a mom. He said, oh, hey, like, I don't think they kissed or anything. He was like, hey, I need to get something out of the way here. And then just like let one rip. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I feel better. Now. <laughs> oh, OK. So Pam says some couples are like that, which yeah. means she and Jason aren't. Got yeah. it. Um, in terms I'm not of being judgy. <laughs> Pam, why are you really? walking to the other side of the property for three minutes at a time? <laughs> No reason. And then very, yeah. very, very faintly in the distance. <laughs> I feel like you've been robbed of some joy, frankly, Pam, because farting, Thanks. funny, fun, uh, especially like farts. I mean, I know you only have one mode, which is foot, but farts have a lot of different voices, a lot of different phases languages it's like it's like the un inside your pants every day you just never know what's gonna happen and i'm sorry you can't experience that no 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 i have a kid so farts are back in town like every song has the word fart in it you know the farts like, are back in town <laughs> farts are back in town for sure but it's more talking about them than doing them can we have a separate podcast about farts <laughs> Starlog. Fart log. To answer Dave's question, uh, I, I do agree that fart is the best word for it. But ever since I saw it in a British magazine, I've been partial to PARP. Oh, PARP's good. Yeah. PARP PARP's is good. very Ooh. cute. Oh, our next letter. Our next letter. <laughs> our next letter is called the in group. I'm very concerned for a close friend. Recently, she became involved with the in-group. She is a little overweight, and I'm afraid they may be using her. She went to a fair with them, but I think she was left out and would admit it. I know that if I say anything to her, I could lose her friendship. I was like, "Mm, Mag's jelly. (laughs) Because first of all, this girl hasn't said anything about anything. She's like, I just feel like, why would they be friends with her? She's like a little overweight. I'm sure it's a, a whole 
prank that's going to fall apart on her. But if I tell her, she would be mad at me. And I was like, yeah. Pam, haven't you ever seen a teen movie? She's probably right. Oh, my gosh. They invited her to the fair. Or or Meg just doesn't appreciate the winning personality her friend has. And it's just That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. This is also yeah, the Mag- plot of Blubber. So this oh, might be no. a fake letter. True? <laughs> <laughs> so just noting that. Mm, yeah, that was it. That was that was their um, Ray Don Chong challenge. Like <laughs> spot the Judy Bloom ripoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won. Um, then we have a letter about uh, a substitute teacher coming on to the letter writer, except she says that he told her he wanted to jump on her, which, you know, <laughs> she also says she has a boyfriend. And the answer is like, you know, focus on your boyfriend where it's like no one's going to say report this teacher who is grooming you like. Yeah. Yeah. Put been- his hand on her. Drove her yeah. home. Yes. He's 22. She's 14. Yeah. This is not okay. Mm-mm. Next next help letter. Sex scare. I've slept with a few guys and found out that one of them had an STD, sexually transmitted disease. I am scared that I have it now. I'm 14. How can I get help without my parents finding out? <laughs> signed, itchy. <laughs> that's all. That's the only reason I wanted to talk about it. Because it was signed, itchy. Ah, itchy. Itchy. I just imagine this person's just at the table writing it. He's just like got one hand down. Like, Sassy, help me. <laughs> it do be like that. And, and to make it better for me, Starlog Jam, Itchy is the name of Chewbacca's father in the, in the Star Wars holiday special. And I shit you not, Pam, his storyline in the Christmas, uh, the holiday special is that he is trying to make his porn TV work in his home. He's like this itchy old... Itchy is or, or Chewy is? Itchy is. Itchy. Grandfather to Lumpy, Chewy's son. And he is trying to make this thing that is giving him orgasmic delight work that has Diane Carroll singing on it. Um, it's a whole what thing. What is the name of Chewbacca's son? What did you say? Lumpy. Yeah, that's what my yeah, dad Yeah, sure for lump, lump, Lumperoo or something like that. I, oh, yeah. my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good show. Anyways, Itchy made me laugh out loud when I read this letter. I was like, oh, uh-huh, uh, Itchy! <laughs> Same here. It was the best. I don't really give a shit what they say. We could just end it there. Itchy. Uh, good luck, Itchy. <laughs> <laughs> she could have been Itchy in her eye, and she had colored contact lenses Here's from some, powder. some boy. Bye, Itchy. <laughs> <laughs> grow your grow your fingernails out. Goodbye, Itchy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> what he said and the question this month is what would you do if your girlfriend got pregnant and (laughs) that's the answer to all of them but it's not really like the peg is okay so the celebrity is randall battenkoff and that's why this is the question because he is in the movie for keeps with molly greenwald and the premise of that movie which i've seen many times is that she gets pregnant and they get married and they set up housekeeping and it goes terribly and then they break up and then they get back together. 
So in the intro, they're like, and none of these guys even said they would consider marrying their girlfriends. Like, they're all teenagers. (laughs) Like, none of them should marry their girlfriends, in my opinion. Even the celebrity is only 19. I I feel like that's putting a lot of expectations on them. Like, all of them, except for two, (laughs) most of them say... The right things, in my opinion, which is we probably shouldn't have a kid, but I would do what my girlfriend wanted to do. The exceptions being Frank, who is 14 and doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And Randall, (laughs) the celebrity, who seems to think he can avoid unplanned pregnancy through sheer force of will. His answer is, I would never let that happen to me. So unless he's a virgin, it could happen to you, Randall. It could happen. So better think about what you would do. I did fix the uh, question because I, I added in, what would you do if you got your girlfriend pregnant? Like, right. Totally. That is not the like, question either. <laughs> that is not the question. What would you do if your girlfriend got pregnant? I can't believe none of them were like, I would ask who that father is. Right. <laughs> Can I bring your attention to the picture of Jason 18, middle column? Mm-hmm. That guy yes. is definitely letting an air biscuit go in that. <laughs> he's really happy with himself, he's, too. He's mm. letting a rose. It's weird, though, that the 14-year-old, they're all 18 or 19-year-olds, and there's one 14-year-old, which is weird. And also, he's he's like, don't put my picture. <laughs> yeah, because he says, I'm not going to make some 13-year-old girl have a baby. I'm like, who are you fucking, Frank? <laughs> Frank's a player. Sing. I feel like it's excessive that their sassy is acting like they would all be like, yes, I would immediately marry my girlfriend. Like, I mean, necessarily marry someone just because you get them pregnant. You know, that has to just be for the for keeps point of view, because I don't feel like they'd tell us to get married. No. Next time, Christina profiles four ones to watch. Reviews of School Days and Ziggy Marley and fresh celebrity sightings and fresh hate for Tiffany. For my plug this week, since we were talking about Beverly Hills, with the frequently mentioned Sarah D. Bunting, I wrote a book last year about Beverly Hills 90210. It is called A Very Special 90210 Book. You can buy it everywhere books are sold, but we'll link you directly to Black Pearl Books, a Black-owned independent bookstore here in Austin. Uh, this week, you guys, I'm in the trades. Woo! Uh, my roller derby comic book Slam is being adapted into an animated series for HBO Max. I'm working with the cool people at Rooster Teeth and Minnow Mountain. It's really all just so I can go visit Tara and Dave in Austin as much as possible. Yay! <laughs> it's a real long way to do it, but <laughs> it sounded like a good idea at the time. <laughs> and so if you'd like to get caught up, uh, you can buy issues of Slam. I'll put them in the show notes. You can buy both volumes and get yourself all ready for some roller derby action. Hooray! You can find me at Extra Hot Great, talking about TV, and also on my pop culture trivia podcast, The Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show, now in its third season. Both my co-hosts here have been on that show. Check it out at usaquizshow.com. You can follow Tara on Twitter or Instagram at Tara Ariano. You can follow Ham on Twitter at Pamela Ribbon. And you can follow Listen to Sassy on Twitter and Instagram at, of course, Listen to Sassy. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your other platform of choice. Helps us get the word out for this new podcast of ours. 
<laughs> you can find more information about the podcast, visual aids for all of our episodes, and contact info for us at our website, listentosassy.com. And speaking of our website, we'll be taking the May 88 quiz in a couple of weeks, but you can take it now. We'll put it up online. Go to listentosassy.com and find out how vain you are. And then you can call our hotline at 720-SASSY-GO and leave us a voicemail about how it went or any other Sassy-related topic that's on your mind. We might use it in a future episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Present your bona fides. <laughs> that's our tagline for this week. <laughs> oh, God. You guys, I think this is a cry for help. Bona fides. <laughs> One detail in this article that made me kind of stop and use the highlighter function in the iPhone markup tool set. There is a strip club in Fort Lauderdale called The Gum Wrapper. Yeah. <laughs> what? Gross. What? Am I missing something? Why is it called The Gum Wrapper? What? Why is it called The Gum Wrapper? Are you afraid to tell me? You're trying to figure it out. <laughs> I, well, I can't tell if you're doing like a no, thing. No, I don't know. I, I don't understand why it's called the gum wrapper. Tell him, Pam. Well, we could just say, because there's something sweet inside, or we could say. Really? That's you know, it? That's, no, that's, that's not it. I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to talk about chewing gum. Am I, Tara, am I wrong that this can be as gross as I mean, this? I assumed it was, it was big. <laughs> Oh, looks like there isn't consensus on this after all. Well, you never really know what, I mean, I don't think it's because there's uh, Bazooka Joe's inside. <clears throat> I thought, it. I mean, if we're going to go there, let's fucking go there. We have the explicit tag. Why not? I thought it okay. was because, <laughs> I thought it's because a clitoris kind of looks like a wad of gum. That's what yeah. I thought. Shoot. Wow, that's a long walk for that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one expected um, strip club proprietors to be that clever, but they surprised you, didn't they? I guess. Well, hold on. <laughs> the things I've Googled this week, by the way, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I hope nobody. Uh, I'm just uh, saying the gun wrapper presumes that oh, no, it's what to do if you get up. something stuck inside your vagina. That's a different day, sassy. Dave, I think it is. I mean, okay. I, I don't. That's what I thought, but I guess Anyways, it could be. Great we Lou could Reed just song, say, best rap song he's ever done. The gum rapper. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what it was about. Well, and I don't even. Yeah. I'm not even sure that's the right explanation. Finally, it, it might just be as simple as like you know nipples like gumballs. I don't know. Maybe we are giving them too much credit. All right. What do you call your vagina? People have been, um, basically everyone's obsessed with vaginas. So we come up with a lot of nicknames for them. Even the technical names for vagina have some nicknamey origins. Vagina comes from the Latin word for sheath, as in for a sword, while vulva means wrapper. And originally also meant the uterus. So your gum wrapper is. Are you telling me these fucking strip club <laughs> owners are making a fucking <laughs> Latin joke? <laughs> God damn it. They came. They That's saw. great. Guys, I turned the table. Gum wrappers, fantastic little bit of language naming there. Wow. That's, a, that's yeah. deep. Yeah. We've learned something. Let's move on.